Hey everyone, and welcome to Liquid Liner Notes, a podcast that brings you interviews from the beverage and music industries. I'm your host, Danny, aka Hip Hops on Instagram. Today, I have a friend of mine on the show, a home brewer, music producer, and podcaster, co-host of The Malting Hour, Tony Golick, aka Asa Phelps, aka Mr. Amigo. Whoa, deep dive. Welcome to the show. I had to, had to do a little deep dive. Jeez. Wow. I don't think anybody else knows that, except for people who were around at that time. Yeah. So I we'll, we'll get to that yeah. in, a, in a little sure, bit. Sure, sure. But I, I really wanted to have you on uh, sort of when I was thinking about doing this. Uh, you and I have a lot in common in, term, in terms of taste of music, um, and you sort of do cross the border between music and beer very well, doing your own music, being a music fan, and like I said, not only drinking beer, but you make your own beer and you talk about beer, making I'm, beer and drinking beer. I mean, you know, it doesn't get better than that. <laughs> so uh, to start out, I'll start out, we'll start out with the podcasting stuff and sure. then we'll kind of get into music towards the end. But uh, so you're the co-host of The Malting Hour, started yes. in 2019. Yeah, right at the, if I'm not mistaken, 20, 2019 is when we recorded, I think, our very first like intro and maybe right before the first episode like we technically started in 2019 i don't know i don't have those facts in front of me no it, it is looked, 2019 it, it is looked 2019. like you guys we recorded sorry we recorded episode january zero. 11th correct we recorded episode oh. zero we call it episode zero now at the end of 2018 oh so yeah. that, that never got out though did it? no it was it was eventually released oh, okay. it's like i think we did it in the middle of the first hundred episodes we did so it's you and Brandon. Brandon, my good buddy Brandon from high school. And you guys, yeah, no, I was just say you guys know each other since high school. Sorry, I'm jumping the gun there. Sorry. Decided to, uh, <laughs> decided to, right? Yeah. How did you guys decide you wanted to start a podcast? It first, and actually, if you listen to the intro, as of this recording, if you listen to the intro of the podcast, it originally was set up to be a homebrew roundtable because we were in a homebrew club. Um, Brandon, myself, my brother-in-law, uh, a couple buddies of ours, we had started a brew club and we got really into it. And we were brewing big batches of beer together. And I started listening to a lot of beer podcasts. And I thought it'd be fun to let's do it as a homebrew group. Brandon and I had talked about it, uh, that you know he was interested in doing it as well. So he and I started doing it. We were going to have the guys on and... I think the first few episodes, uh, Emil, who was originally in the group, was on, and my brother-in-law made it on much later. Like it didn't really start coming together as like a homebrew podcast as much as it became a beer and homebrew podcast. Um, so from there, Brandon and I decided we were just gonna go in the direction of focusing on our separate, like our own homebrew homebrews, and just beer in general because we knew a lot of people and still know a lot of people in the beer and brewing industry yeah and so the home brewing group is that something where you kind of pay like dues oh man <laughs> got my shirt on got a shirt on 212 um we did sorry for clearing my throat no, you're good we, we do it all the time in the morning <laughs> apologize to the audience sorry everybody if you listen to our show you know we're really bad at that um yeah like we we did we we put money in to buy grains and to to to, to brew beers we bought a jockey box at one point don't know who has that uh it's probably with a meal now um and you guys like vote on what to make 
Yeah, we just, well, not so much vote as much as we just discussed. Like, we took it really seriously in the beginning. Like, the first year, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> like, we did, uh, we did, I want to say we did five or ten gallons of a barley wine and separated them into one-gallon batches where we all pitched different yeast and used different hops or ingredients or something else to do something to it. So things like that was... Uh, were really like made it exciting to do and you guys did end up doing some festivals i guess you would call them so home yeah, festivals we did we did the great lakes brew fest in the, the now r.i.p uh now defunct great lakes brew fest no longer exists in racine when they were allowed to have brewers from other states come up we that was a lot of fun because uh, mike Brandon and I, Mike's my brother-in-law, Brandon and I would go up there and it was pretty much like a straightforward beer fest. It's like 50 bucks. There wasn't any like, you know, there's a couple of special tappings, but it was a lot of flagship beers, mm-hmm. but it was a chance to like hang out by Lake Michigan, the racing zoo, and just drink a whole bunch of beer with your friends. And then Homebrew Island was something that we really liked because it was a chance to try a whole bunch of new things and then see what other homebrewers were doing. So we got a part of it. We, we decided once we felt comfortable enough that we wanted to be a part of it. So we participated and that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. We brought up like a barrel aged beer, a hazy IPA, a pale ale. And I think that's it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so how like, can you talk about the evolution of the malting hours? So you guys started doing that. And then now, um, as someone who is on it uh, with you guys, so I, I kind of already know this, but just uh, to for the listeners, you guys uh, kind of focus on either like a certain style where you'll grab a couple of different beers from different breweries on a certain style, or you'll do uh, a certain brewery and then do several styles from that brewery. Uh, just, I guess, how how has that sort of evolved? Is, have you guys gotten good like feedback on that? And um. Uh, I think the direction that we've taken it, at least the, well, for this year, it's been kind of weird. We've been very busy. So Brandon and I have been doing a lot of recording on our own without you. We are trying to send you a message. You're not welcome. <laughs> no. It Sorry, just, Clark, too. <laughs> who? Um, we, yeah, it, it's it, what it's evolved into. The feedback that we've gotten is that there's more listeners. <laughs> like we do, there's. We do have certain fans like of the the podcast who've reached out to us. We've had actual breweries reach out to us, and um, the listens like the listeners like just recently, actually today I was checking the stats, and for some reason in Brussels we had like a whole bunch of streams just recently, like a couple days ago it was over a hundred. So wow. I, I, yeah, I'm not sure how that algorithm works and how all of a sudden it's just popping up, but. That does regularly happen in different places, different cities all over the place that we just have a bunch of, of streams. So I'm not sure who's Never. doing it and why, but we appreciate it. Shout out to Brussels. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> do you, Rock over London, rock over Chicago. Do, do you, I, I don't know when this is going to be released. I gotta, I'm going to try to get a couple under my belt and then get this out. But This is episode one. Welcome to Liquid Liner Notes. I'm your host, Tony Golick. <laughs> <laughs> is uh is there anything that you're like hoping to that you get to do this year or you know i guess it's we're coming up on the end of the year now but like anything you're looking forward to yeah we have um 
developed a relationship with the Illinois Craft Beer Alliance, at least a couple people there, uh, mainly raced out and uh, Matthew Moldenauer, who's also at Old Irving. So we've been lucky enough to talk about a lot of Illinois craft beer events, namely uh, the Festival of Barrel Age Beers, which is the largest festival of barrel aged beers. They're coming up on year 21, so we're actually uh, going to sit down with Ray soon to talk with him about that. And um, we're also finally getting to talk to Temperance, and we're going to talk to them about their 10-year anniversary, a lot of anniversary stuff. Yeah. And then my favorite uh, part of the year is uh, what we do is the Maltese, where we... All we, as in me, you, Brandon, and Clark, who I believe is going to join us on that, um, <laughs> we uh, will talk about what our favorite beers were for the year, and that to me is always fun because it's it's kind of funny just to sit around and talk about like beers that we had and kind of go over the year. Yeah, it's actually I I was listening to one of the episodes and you guys mentioned something about possibly being on the Maltese, and I was like, I don't even know. Right now, I have no clue. I'd have to like really sit down and think about it because I haven't been keeping track as much. Come on, Dan. And I haven't been drinking as much either. Truthfully, I mean that's it's good. <laughs> yeah, but we're gonna need you to have a list. <laughs> and so the malting hour can be found pretty much anywhere. Yeah, the podcast can be found. Yeah, literally. Um, well, we have the website maltinghour.com, which is riddled with ads. It's fantastic. I love going to our own website, but. That's how we get some. We get a little bit of revenue that way, uh, but yeah, you can find it on Spotify, Pandora. Oh, I go Spotify first. Pandora. Oof. I chose the two, <laughs> the two worst examples. You can find it on Apple. You can find it on Google. Google Podcasts. That's what I use. I Apple listen. Music. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, it's never mind. Apple. Yeah. Apple Podcasts. Yeah, Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's we're not Stitcher. We're, we're, we're not. SoundCloud. I think, I think Stitcher is now done i don't know i think Stitcher's done but regardless we're even on iheart radio the iheart radio app you can find us on there i didn't know they had podcasts radio. <laughs> my uh one of my coworkers listens to a gospel iheart radio station that i can hear every day mm. oh nice yeah get the word of the lord in every day for you That's every nice. day um so uh just moving on from the malting hour let's get away from it that's such a i mean but everybody really should go check out the malting hour podcast yeah no that's that's definitely like Some sweet merch number too. one yeah. number that's why one i wanted bullet. to i wanted to lead off before everyone gets sick of hearing you and drops off yeah um, this is what, <laughs> what you're about to segue into everyone's gonna be like we don't really care no i was just continue your your uh proliferation in podcasting oh you're using one of those very another word to add to my vocabulary for the malting hour i appreciate that yeah, you're welcome <laughs> and uh by the way this beer we're drinking is not very aqueous no it's not no it's not very aqueous but yeah let's let's actually before we jump into sure. that so um another reason i wanted to have you over is because i've held on to this beer you are a big fan of run the jewels avid avid and um I had this Run the Jewels beer, Goonies versus E.T. from Horace Brewing out, and I think in Oceanside, California, and I should have looked at this before. Oh, it's like you're in the malting hour again. Yeah. Uh, Clark, where is it? No, uh, Oceanside. <laughs> um, so they're, they're out in California, and I held on to it because I was like, if anyone's going to appreciate this just for the aspect of it being Run the Jewels, it's going to be Tony. And, and the label itself, they have used, they used for a poster. For that tour oh yeah it's, they got them in like old school boxing gear i guess it's not necessarily old school i mean yeah but i think that that's the feel of it at least yeah um and so yeah like i said goonies versus et 6.2 percent 
It is a green chartreuse barrel aged Belgian style sour ale aged on lime zest. Very tasty. Yeah, it's very super citrus forward. Uh, not, I mean, it's not difficult to drink at all. It kind of drinks like a, I don't know, slightly sour tart juice or something. Yeah, with like a little bit of the pith, the, the, there's like a pith bitterness in the back of my tongue while I'm drinking this, but yeah. it also, that has faded a bit. It's not as strong as I've been drinking it. I've been drinking it more while I've been talking. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know if it's the age I've had it for, I mean, it's, I think it's a couple or a few years old, but, um, or just cause it was in a barrel, but the, it's not super carbonated, which helps it go down even faster. Yeah. Smooth. Um, so there's been a lot of run the jewels. There has been beverages, yes, beers, correct, waters, whatever. Yeah, you name it, marijuana, <laughs> um, the weed. Uh, what is just what we're talking about? What's your? What would you say your favorite Run the Jewels album is? Oh boy, um, and why is it number one? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, well, at the time of this recording, I'm actually going to see them this week because they're coming to uh-huh. Chicago for their ten uh, year anniversary of Run the Jewels one. But I get the salt shit. Yeah. Nice. And so they're playing four nights where they're going to do each album all the way through plus other songs. Ah. So I only got tickets for night number two. Two. Run the Jewels 2 is is probably my favorite. Uh, Much like sequels that are fantastic. I felt that Run the Jewels 2 was like, I don't know. There's there's a lot to that album. Like the, the original Run the Jewels album... I don't know if you know the history behind it. A lot of those beats that are on there were going to be either LP beats or beats that didn't end up making Killer Mike's rap music mm-hmm. um, that LP produced. So they just threw it all together and, and made that. It was just kind of a, here we go, we're going to do it. And it just kind of gained some, some, some ground there. So when the second one came out, I remember the first track or little snippet that I heard on Instagram was uh, a snippet from... Can you swear on this podcast? Hmm? Can I swear on this uh, podcast? I guess I mean, so. I'm not going to be dropping a lot, but it's just I one. think it'll be the... Yeah, you can. Uh, yeah, mm, it's just, I mean, it's it's the big one. Ready? Oh, no. It was yeah. a sample of Close Your Eyes and Count to Fuck with uh, Zach DeLaRocco from um, Rage Against the Machine. And I remember hearing that and being like, holy cow, this is... That's insane. And just hearing that for the first time, the repetitive way that they used uh, his vocals to repeat, you know, Run the Jewels Fast... And then go into the beat. I knew that that album was going to be killer, and sure enough, like I know every lyric on that album like the back of my hand. I didn't even know that that was two. For some reason, I was thinking that was one. Huh. One um, has uh, I know Big Boys on there. I don't think there's anybody else featured on Prince Brother Paul. Jewel. Oh yeah, I and, forgot. until the ribbon oh, breaks. Yeah. Oh yeah, about. until the ribbon breaks. I forgot all three of those are on there. Until the ribbon breaks, there's their first album is really good. Yeah, it's nothing like Run the Jewels. Nothing like Run the Jewels. I I, I actually have not listened, so I will have to check it out. Um, yeah, no, I was gonna say that I think two's probably my favorite too. Just looking, Blockbuster Night. Yeah, Jeopardy. Uh, yeah, they close your eyes. That yeah. that that might actually be the first time I heard of him because I knew Killer Mike from. Uh, he had like that song Reagan mm-hmm. on one of his albums. And that then, was the rap music. Was it rap music? Mm. And then um, LP I knew just because he did a lot of stuff with, um, I don't even remember what the group was called back then. Company Flow? Company Flow, but then he wasn't he like part of like Demigods or something? I forget. He like mm. hung out with 
I feel like you hung out with some of those. Well, he ran Def Jux. Obscure Def Jux guys. Yeah, so that's what it is. All, of the, all those guys. Like, he and ASAP Rock did a lot of stuff together yeah. for a long time. Yeah, that Def Jux. I went through a little, like, phase where I was, like, diving deep into, like, Mr. Liff and ASAP yeah. Rock and all that stuff. I love Mr. Liff. Uh, so, but I heard that Zach De La Rocha was going to be on something, and I was like, wait a second, this dude's been in, like, hiding forever. Like, what's going on? And that's what really, like, sparked my interest with it. They've called him the honorary third member because ever since the second album, he's been on, like, three and four. So, oh, there you go. Three out of four ain't bad, baby. And uh, speaking of proliferation, mm. the Run the Jewels has been doing a lot of collabs yep. with breweries. Yeah. Um, and I know they've done here in Chicago, they've done Goose Island, I think. Yes, that was the first one they did. And if I'm not mistaken, it's going to be available this week. Uh, I don't know if at Fulton or uh, Clybourne or if it's just going to be at the show, but I'm almost positive that it's going to be available. But yeah, that was the first collaboration they did. I think it was a Golden Nail. Yeah, like I think that simple. sounds right. And then uh, the Pipeworks one, I know they had a pop-up in uh, headquarters. Well, not headquarters. What's that? Emporium? Logan Arcade. Uh, Emporium? Emporium? Yeah, it was probably yeah. Emporium. I think it was Emporium. Just They're, north of Rev on Milwaukee there. They had two. I know they did two with yeah. them. One for Run the Jewels 3. They did a Stay Gold. And then another one they did with them, which was uh, No Save Point, which is the song they did for the video game Cyberpunk 2077. Never even heard of it. You chose the right guy to talk about Run the Jewels. (laughs) Avid gamer also. I forgot to mention that. Mm. Um, I like games. I wouldn't say I'm avid. My cousin Kevin, he's avid. Uh, Speaking of Kevin, Mm -hmm. here's a nice little segue. Oh, Kevin Goggin. Cousin. Cousin. And right. co-host of Teen Line, yeah. and uh, we can just talk about this briefly. But T I N E, by the way, yeah, not yeah, not to be confused with T E E N, yeah. Um, but it was a quarantine podcast, mm-hmm. and the line was the lifeline. Mm-hmm. I might have just went and listened back to the first episode oh. just today. You, I remember you telling me when you listened to it, you burned through the entire season, all eight episodes. That was a lot, and. Um, so that was yeah, your second podcast. You were yeah. kind of doing two at once. Yeah, because it was during uh, 2020 COVID and everybody being locked down. So it was my cousin Kevin and I have, had talked about wanting to do something, but we only wanted to do something that like we really wanted, like that made sense. It made like it was made sense. Like it, he would never do a like Simpsons podcast because there's probably like 50 Simpsons podcasts. He would definitely not do a beer podcast because there's a million beer mm-hmm. podcasts. So we were trying to figure out something to do, you know, to, cause he and I were doing like zoom stuff uh, all the time during the pandemic. And I said, I wanted to, or we both agreed on that. We wanted to do something positive, like put something positive out there. So that's what we ended up doing. We decided to, have this idea or we decided to you know bring something to each other's attention that's like here's something i really like here's something i really like like if uh, we started i think with movies music music so there was an album or a song that i really liked there was an album song he really liked we listened to each other's suggestion then came back to discuss it so each week we did something different yeah it was a cool concept and uh i mean you you should go back and listen to it it's not like it's stuck in 2020 or anything like that so you can kind of listen to it but the concept of 
each of you bringing an album and giving each other's thoughts or a movie or a, a certain TV episode or a certain beer. I mean, you guys had a couple different ones. I'm blanking on what the other ones were right now. Uh, video, video game. game. Yeah, video game. Featuring video. Brandon Winninger. Yeah, I don't remember what video games we've all played. That I don't I really remember. Forget. Wow, the video game one. Sorry, Brandon. Yeah, <laughs> I forget. Um, so that was uh, a fun little thing. Yeah. Uh, we so, had a lot of fun doing it. And I'm... I told him I'm going to start pushing to to do something else like that, but we'll see if he's down for it. I don't know if he will be. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything else like that. He's like busy he's with that. his band right now. Oh, his band? Yes, Cell Ray. Oh, they're from Chicago. Everybody, check him out. C E L Space Ray R A Y. You can find him on Bandcamp and Spotify. There's my little plug for my cousin. <laughs> they don't do any of the. They don't do the theme music for multi no. but. No, my buddy Mike, who is in a, a group with his buddy um, LSD. Oh yeah, that's right. E L L I S D. Yeah, they did the theme song, or Mike did the theme song for the Malting Hour. Kevin and his wife did the theme song for after the final pour, which is the. Uh, yeah, how's that go? I'm just kidding. I'll sing it. Uh, <laughs> Brandon and I actually, I think, came up with the. Yeah, Brandon and I came up with the. Uh, the actual melody for that. I think we sang it with Kevin and then Kevin came up with the actual recording and he and his wife sang it. Oh, that's cool. So you guys are like songwriters. Yeah. Which by the way, when I Googled you, yeah, you have an IMDB. Uh, yeah, I know for the malting hour. We don't need to talk about that at all. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to find a way to get that scrubbed because I want nothing to do with what that originally was. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. well, well, maybe talk off mic. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how to get it scrubbed. Somebody help me. <laughs> Somebody contact IMDb. <laughs> uh, That's hilarious. So <laughs> oh, uh, we'll switch over to uh, music production. Okay. So let's do it. You. <laughs> I, I, I think it's cool because I, I like a lot of music. I've never learned to play an instrument. Um, Same here. Sampling anything just sounds, seems like beyond me. And um, you have quite a bit of stuff out on Bandcamp. Mm. And you could probably find it elsewhere. Um, no, it's it's pretty much Bandcamp. Uh. Sample, I, I don't want to... Go, be, I like doing it, but I also don't really want to deal with like clearing samples or paying for a whole bunch of stuff. It's got to the point where it's like I really like to do it for fun for myself. Yeah, and so everything as a result, everything is free on Bandcamp. Yeah, or you can pay for it. Yeah, out of the years that I've had Bandcamp, I've made twenty three dollars. Oh, you know that off the top of your head? I saw it recently. Uh. <laughs> Gearing up for the new release. Yeah. Oh. oh yeah. Speaking of which. Theme, <laughs> themed, theme four, theme four, finally theme made four. It. Yeah, um, working on it all year actually. I'm gonna, so I'm gonna, we're, we'll get into the theme stuff sure. later. I'm gonna start back in the beginning. When do you think you started making music? Like 1998. 1998. Really? Uh, no joke. Oh, I thought you were joking. No, 1998. 41 uh, years old, by the way, everybody. Bandcamp doesn't go that far. It does not. No. I have actual CDs of music I've made, and if we want to go like further back. Probably the first thing that I did musically, which I do have a recording of somewhere, is like 1995 or six. I was in a punk band with my cousin Kevin, my buddy John, our friend Kenny, and we did that um, for a few years. 
and then what was the name? The Eddie Haskells. The Eddie Haskells. Do you know Eddie Haskells? No. From Leave It to Beaver. He oh, was like no. the shithead kid in the block. Uh-huh. So it was like ah, hilarious. We play punk. We're gonna be Eddie Haskell. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. I was a singer of that with uh, Kevin and John. They played. They all played instruments. I did not. Kevin and I, we ended up doing kind of a joke album. We called it Sanctuary with a K because there's already a metal band called Sanctuary. Uh-huh. And yeah. we had his four-track recorder and I think two Casio keyboards. And we basically made like, kind of made fun of like bands like Nine Inch Nails and, and, and Marilyn Manson. Um, very like industrial, like, and not, I, I chose them specifically because there was a couple like references that like, and I was listening, I'm still a fan of, of Nine Inch Nails, like a, an avid listener and fan of, of, of Nine Inch Nails, but we wanted to do something that was kind of jokey, but also be able to perform it live because we had a whole bunch of other friends who were like in different types of, of bands. We had a friend who was running a, a record label called the Magic Spot Productions and uh, his name is Rich. And you would know the other person who was a part of that. His name's Jesse. He now lives in Tennessee. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yeah. So Valenciana. He, yeah, he yeah. was he was a part of that as as well. So that's how I know Jesse. I know Jesse all the way back. I thought then. you met him through no. beer. Okay. No, we reconnected through beer. Oh. So yeah, so like we did all that, and then the punk band broke up, and in '98, a sophomore in high school, my buddy Dan introduced me to. Uh, this program called Mixman, and Mixman was basically you could take like loops, and and you could put samples in there too. But it was like preset loops that you could put in together, mix up, throw effects on, and everything. And it was like having two turntables that were like basically samples. If I'm not mistaken, there's like five or six samples per turntable. So that was like my first experience of like using samples and looping, um, and being able to experiment with uh more computer the computer side of of making music so from punk music like being in a punk band to like when you started producing music or whatever Sorry. you want to call it our feet just touched on the table i want everyone to know that <laughs> sorry there aren't visuals um the, uh, so did you did you like start getting into hip-hop then or yeah it was it was I had always listened to here in Chicago. There was B ninety six forever. I always played pop, uh, hip hop, and R and B. And then Q and one came around, and that was playing alternative rock. So I I had like this transition phase. And also my sister, when I was growing up, listened to everything. So like she had Easy and Nine Inch Nails and Screeching Weasel and The Cure. So there's like a, just a, a wide not a wide array, but like very eclectic um, collection of music. So I'd always listen to a whole bunch of stuff. So even during the listening to a whole bunch of punk, I started then getting into hip hop because I saw a lot of similarities in what the messages and stories were uh, in the music. So yeah, I started getting into hip hop. But what really kind of set my sights like on wanting to specifically do something in hip-hop with music production my buddy dan introduced me to two albums at the same time we were in school together he had just transferred from another school he and i became friends right away and he let me borrow two cds on some trip that i took and the first one was daft punk's homework 
Mm-hmm. The other one was DJ Shadow's Preemptive Strike. So those two albums really set me in the direction of like wanting to make music without a band, like being my own band and learning how to sample and and I, I didn't have I always grew up with like having this big Casio keyboard in my house and I'd always play it, but I never learned how to play piano. Yeah. And even now like I couldn't tell you I can tell you some chords of what I'm playing. But everything has always been by ear and what I wanted to hear and, and just sitting there and messing around with stuff forever. Yeah, so you're not like trained or gone no. to school for it. You kinda just self taught. Yeah. Like, and like curiosity on that type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And so so Dan introduced me to that so mixed man and then by the way, at that time I had to have my own name. So my name was DJ Casio. DJ Casio. But I took the, the Casio keyboard name. I thought, how clever. I love <laughs> Casio keyboards. And I'm not a DJ. I'm not DJing, but I had those, you know, the on the screen mix man, the two turntables. Yeah, you were digitally DJing. Yeah, I guess. That's what you want to say. But um, And so from there, I started messing around with some other programs where I could do tracking, like how we record now. How The program is called Acid. Uh, it's yeah. now owned by Sony. You should just be Sonic Foundry Acid. It's how I mix down the podcast as well. Oh. So I'm very familiar with how to do all that. I've done a lot of stuff with um, Acid, but that is where I would piece together everything. I would chop up waves and put drum loops in there and mess around with different things. And I really wish I had a whole bunch of old hard drives with older stuff. It'd be funny to hear like progression. I do have recordings of old things, but they're just on CD. So, uh, where where do you even find samples? Like, do you just like hear something and you're like, oh, I'd like to use that five second loop? Because of 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 knowing where like original samples, like original sampling came from, from records, that was the first thing that I thought to do. Like, okay, and I've always had a record player, so I would just go buy random records. I thought, what a great idea! I'll go to a thrift store where you can get random stuff and put it on and just kind of jump around through songs or whatever and comedy stuff and that's what i did and then i was like well, how about this idea i'm gonna sample stuff from movies what a great idea it's not like you know industrial and techno music hasn't already been doing that for years but you know I, I, that's the same thing so i would yeah. either hook in a vcr into my mixer that i had like a turntable set up to that would go into the computer um or i would find a way to record it you know, and then transfer the, the, the actual recording to the computer. Yeah, that's pretty wild. It's fun. Um, and then, so I heard before we started recording, I think you were talking about Fruity Loops, mm-hmm. which I, I've heard of that one. Yeah. But that's, do you use that now? Still do it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's what you were using the, before. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, so it was more acid, and then I started using Fruity Loops, but I didn't. So Fruity Loops, you, you can basically set up like a sequencer, a sampler. It's a, a DAW. So there's there's all these plugins and different an, and, and instruments that you can use. And really in the last 10 years is when I really finally started to realize, oh, there's so much more I can, can do with it. Yeah. I finally got myself a MIDI keyboard the other, like two years ago to mess around with, which has made it way more fun because I normally just use the actual... Um, uh, I wanted to say typewriter keyboard on my my <laughs> the typewriter on my computer the keyboard um, to hit notes. So I was always playing it just with letters. So I was not doing myself any service of trying to learn how to play music better by just if I hit G, it's not 
the Note G. It, I don't know yeah. what the fuck it is. It could be a C minor for all I know. But now I have an actual <laughs> MIDI keyboard, um, and that's uh, yeah. Fruity Loops is awesome. There's so many plugins and so 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 much to do with it. Like it's it's great. Yeah, I see a lot of especially like instrumental hip hop producers. They'll release like a drum kit or whatever, and yeah. that kind of thing, which I'm assuming is what goes into. Yeah, it's cool because it's to be able you can separate out sounds, make your own loops, put loops in there. Um, so many different effects. I mean, you have like this wider range of like a mixing board. Do you remember when we did the malting hour episode where we called Serge or Serge yeah. called us? Yeah. Uh, Clark's character. I ran that through. Wait, that was Clark. I'm <laughs> no scared. cats out of the bag. <laughs> uh, I ran that through Fruity Loops and put an effect, an EQ effect that was uh, either radio or telephone and then adjusted uh. and just had it run through that. So then. I could just go back and forth in acid so that we were talking to him and he was on the phone. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. I know. I mean, I didn't even like try to think, really think about it. I mean, yeah. it's not a deep thought, but that's where my brain goes. <laughs> How do I make it sound like this? Brilliant. Yeah. And, uh, you sort of got involved or if, based on my internet snooping, you got involved oh, in like a, uh, a gang. No, a gang. Oh. <laughs> yeah. oh no. Like, like a, like a musical, I don't know what you would call it. Like, not. It wasn't like you guys were actually in a group, but you guys were like a, a cohort where you guys mm-hmm. were kind of like working together. Mm-hmm. Which one is this? Uh, well, you were getting released. Was it a... was with Mr. Amigo. You were getting released as part of a compilation. It was something, something, volume one. Hmm. I'm blanking on what it is right now. <laughs> but I, I think it was the flu. Was it with Fluid Mind, guys? Could have been. I was with the, I did did some work with Fluid Minds guys because there was a, so there was also there was a short time in my I'm gonna go through the whole history here we go there was a short time in my twenties when Vitamins for the Soul Sorry. oh okay so that's what I saw yeah well I that was a compilation I put together because I wanted to have a record label because I grew up with all these guys who did punk record labels so then I got involved with these guys who were making hip hop I'm like why don't we do this and we called it Indigenous Records. Not the greatest name these days. No. Probably not a good move. But we did just have the N. We were trying to be. Yeah. We wanted to make it seem like, look, we're we're we're, we're true. white. We're, but <laughs> not all of us were right, by the way. A lot of us were. <laughs> but looking back, yeah, not a not a not a smart move. Um, so I was making beats, and all these other guys who were like a year or two older than me. And then another guy who I met through doing improv at Columbia College. All these guys, I was the one making beats, and they were all rapping. So I became the guy that like we would do stuff together. And like one point, I had this apartment with one of the rappers, and we had basically like this. We called it the dungeon because it was a we had the basement apartment. And through my room, you could go into this other larger basement part. Not large, but it was underneath the outside, like, porch. And it was, like, painted blue. Like, we put, we did graffiti on it and everything. And that became our, our studio. And that's where we were, would record. And we recorded that whole compilation there. Mm-hmm. That was fun. And uh, then you kind of moved. I, mean, I noticed, like, on Bandcamp that you moved to doing a lot of remixes. I did that. In, I did a lot of that. Those those things on Bandcamp were mainly just like side things that I did a little bit later once the whole Indigenous record thing ended. Because after that, me, my buddy Chris, my buddy Mikel, 
and my buddy Paul, who played stand-up bass and an electric bass, who I was in another band with at one point. We were mainly a cover band. Um, we formed this group called Altered Status. And that was a lot of fun, too, because I was doing all the beats. Paul and I were also you know, collaborating on that stuff because I was a drummer in the other band. I was going to say, I thought you learned how to play drums, but you were telling Taught me you myself. don't have any... No training. I learned how to play the drums by listening to Possum Kingdom by the Toadies. Oh. And that's how I learned how to play drums. But it's also great to have an awesome bassist who also has great rhythm and then you guys connect and all of a sudden you're able to just play off of him and he's playing off of you. And so that's how I ended up going into this altered state, altered status um, uh, group with my buddy Mikel and Chris. And so that we did for a while. We played some shows. That was a lot of fun. I think we did... We played Reggie's, so that was a lot of fun here in Chicago. What did this sound like? Is it like Lincoln Park esque? I'm like trying to think no. of like a DJ in no. a band. No, it's um, I wasn't. I made the beats, and then there was other things I would perform live, like simple things. But uh, and I played drums a couple times too, because we would do that, and Paul would do the stand up bass or the electric bass, while McKell and Chris rhymed over everything. Oh, so oh, so they were rapping. Yeah. Okay, when you were saying band, I didn't know. Oh no, yeah. no. Paul and I were in a separate band, and then we kind of shifted over to this. So once that ended, that's when I started doing a bunch of stuff of my own. And when I met, I met up with the guys with Fluid Minds while I was living in the house where the band was, uh, we were all together. The band was called Magic Murder Bag, by the way. It's really Magic Murder Bag. It's a Venture Brothers reference. If you have ever watched the cartoon Venture Brothers, you would know. <laughs> Clearly, you don't know that. Don't know. Don't know. Hilarious show. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I met the guys from. During that time, Nine Inch Nails was releasing a lot of their albums with like an extra disc that had like all the stems, so all the individual tracks, so you can remix it. And they had the, a website, which I think still might be active. You can download other people's remixes. So they were like encouraging people. Yeah, yeah to remix their stuff. So I was doing that for a little bit. And that's how I got hooked up with the guys from Fluid Minds, because... They were Fluid Minds was practicing in our basement. It was this big basement where our upstairs neighbors did not care. Mm. Uh, well, the husband did, but the wife was always like, "Don't bother them. They're just having a good time," which was super cool. What neighbor was this in? Like Jeff Park area? Or no, no, this is in Avondale. Okay, that's so not too far. It was like closer to Addison and Kedzie, right by okay. Revolution. Oh, like I lived right over there for a while. So that was cool. And um, when I met with them, I was doing a remix of a Nine Inch Nails song, and the lead singer John. I was like, man, it's cool. I'm working with this other rapper who is my, uh, who had become a good friend of mine. He went, he went by the name of Notebook Noise, and I remixed some of his stuff. And then we did an album together. And it was great because John was like, really, he's using Pro Tools, and like, he did all the Fluid Mind albums. He's now, if you look him up, Johnny Cosmic, he's on tour. He plays a lot of like reggae stuff. Uh, mm. It's really cool. Um, I'm happy. Like, he went from, where we were in the basement to now just touring all over the place. Um, so that's where that kind of came from because from there I was like, well, if these guys like my remixes, I'm going to start remixing stuff. Plus, remixing other people's music is a lot of fun because you get a chance to take something maybe that you know or really like and put your own spin on it. And also, I felt, helped me grow as a musician uh, and a producer to like get out of me and my comfort zone to like so this is already set in place i'm not just making something up Mm -hmm. like i have to follow something i have something to follow it's not just me like let's try this and see where this if it sticks to the wall great i mean you're still doing that yeah there's still already like an element in place like i have to do this i have to follow this at least yeah because i mean i i have no as i'm a huge fan of music but i don't have any like training either 
So, I mean, I know obviously you have like hook, chorus, verse, you know, all that kind of stuff. Intro, outro. Um, Do you, so you would listen to the original when you're doing these remixes. You listen to the original, even if it was like the Fluid Mind guys, like Mm -hmm. not even like Nine Inch Nails. So you're listening to the original and you kind of like, you go from there or Mm -hmm. do you have something that you maybe already exists and you just like kind of tweak it to go with it? I never had anything that already existed. Um, I just never... And not and not by choice. It just never like presented itself. Like, oh wow, I have something that would work great with this. Yeah, it was always an approach of how how can I put a different spin on this? And there was like some remixes that hit and some that like missed. And I was lucky enough to be um, featured on the Fluid Minds remix album, uh, where John did some extra production on some of those songs. So that was that was a lot of fun to hear that stuff. And he produced. One of my albums with uh, the guys who were all part of the same like group they called Mother Brain, which mm. is a Metroid reference, the Nintendo game. Are you familiar with Metroid? I've heard of it. Boy, <laughs> I feel like I'm back in the multi hour. Um, yeah, so it was that was a lot of fun to do all that. So in that working with John and learning how he mixed things and how he told me things and just I was I really paid attention to what he was doing with the fluid mind stuff and all the other guys that we were working with notebook noise that when that chapter kind of came to a close, I went and did an album on my own that I felt like I really found like a nice, like the beginning of like fine tuning things, like realizing like, Oh, you really need to like adjust levels and like work on different things instead of just being like, I record it. Sounds good. And like, that, that's it. I didn't master it and mix it or anything. That's how a lot of the stuff that I used to do. I mean, when I listen to like old, old things on CDs, I'm like, damn it. I really wish I knew, like, I should have mastered this. I should have adjusted this because it sounds really good, except that one fucking synth or note or something or guitar or whatever loop is just too loud or too quiet or just a terrible sample. Yeah. So being able to like learn from that, like all those years to like now where I can finally, like, when I sit down with something, as I'm recording, I'll go through it, and I'll sit with it for, like, at least a week normally. It's like a song I'll sit with. Go back to it and listen to it again and start adjusting things or add things or tweak things to the point where, like, there's certain songs that I've worked on for, like, um, like more than a month, which, as it being, like, a hobby, mm-hmm. that's a long time for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was not sitting there like, you know, hours and hours and hours. I know that like real professional musicians or other musicians are spending way more time and and way more effort on on a song. But for me, I'm just like, I can't believe I've gotten to this point now where I'm like, I'm sitting there with this one song, just trying to find the one thing that like, what is not working? Feel like it's missing something. How do I make this come to be? I was actually going to ask, like, what's one thing from your music production wise that you know now you wish you would have known in the beginning but you kind of maybe just answered it unless oh, there's something else yeah. you can think of. Uh, uh, taking the time to mix master and revisit and not thinking that like oh I got it it's done this is I've already got this uh, recorded that's what this is what it sounds like I like the way it sounds just like this it just is what it is and that is what it is yeah yeah and do you have like I, 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 I like I'm looking into stuff I mean music production like people are like oh yeah like you don't necessarily want to have like the greatest headphones when you're doing it because yeah. like people are you know absolutely listening and whatever even now while i'm 
while I'm doing the new stuff that I'm doing now or I've been doing for the last few years, I'll do it in the headphones, like record, mix, do everything in the headphones. And I'll go and listen in my wife's Dodge van, which has really great, like really good speakers. Like it sounds fantastic. I know it sounds crazy that it's a Dodge Caravan, but like I really feel like it has like a nice nice speakers and a different way of listening to the song then i'll listen to it at work on computers like my little like bluetooth speaker to hear what i'm hearing there that's a really good way for me to find out if a bass or kick or some type of synth is too high because it will rattle mm-hmm. like the actual, where i'm like okay gotta cut that and then through my phone speakers so there's like the different phases of ways I like to try and listen to these songs before I'm like finally done with them. And you kind of do that with all of your um, tracks. And the the projects you've been working on, you've kind of been referencing for the last few years, are the, the theme projects. Mm-hmm. And this, oh, yeah. to me, <laughs> from the from outsider looking in, I would describe it as like a ethereal, like horror sound, uh, soundtrack kind of like experimental i'm trying to like use all the like think of all the use, words come on get all those words out get all those descriptors no <laughs> I, you're right it, it started from ambient yeah there we go <laughs> it started from i love movies and i love horror movies i love sci-fi movies i mean i love other movies too but like if there's nothing like i just recently i watched last night tales from the crypt demon night from the 90s which is such a for me I really like it. It's not great. It's like a very long Tales from the Crypt episode. Oh, I was uh, gonna say because I know I remember when I was a kid that like they would have those episodes and you'd have the oh yeah the skeleton dude yeah and, yeah Crypt I never really watched them. Oh no, it was great. It's fantastic. I grew up like my dad raised me on horror movies. Like that's like we would watch like Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street, Exorcist, Halloween, all those movies. But the he would always like make fun of it. Like, in the sense of, like, what are you doing? Like, why are you running through the woods? Yeah. And it made it not... I got the point of it, but it was yeah. not, like, scary. It was more like, oh, that's that's funny, but, like, wow, this is crazy. There's this, like, supernatural thing or, like, slasher or whatever. Um, DC, DCFS probably should have been called at some point. <laughs> um, but my love of that, and like, like I said, like, sci-fi movies, I've always, even when I was doing, like, punk music and other stuff, I thought it'd be really cool to, like, score... A movie uh-huh. like it'd be so much fun to like sit there and because my love of music my love of movies like those two things go hand in hand so much i mean i some big star wars nerd like you know john williams scoring star wars you know when you hear that you know the iconic you know dun, 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 dun. yeah exactly yeah, right, right. all of it like all of john williams stuff like is in my head and and just hearing other things like other composers like John Carpenter was great because John Carpenter scored a lot of his movies yeah and like he wrote the Halloween theme you know what I mean and it's so simple but it like really like it's unsettling it the it's yeah it's super yeah. unsettling the first time you hear it um, so I really wanted to do something like that and it started doing it during the pandemic because there was again nothing going on going to work coming home that was it so i thought essential worker this guy i wasn't a cent- thank you i was trying to remember what that phrase was and i couldn't remember for the longest time it's essential worker um yeah i couldn't i wanted to make originally what i wanted to do was take one idea like had this story in my head and i don't really have a story but like ideas it almost was like it was inspired by like watching a lot of stranger things 
I was like, that would be really cool. What if there was like this '80s, like you know, yeah. there's all these like these this '80s like sci-fi horror type uh, show or movie. So, what I thought would be a cool idea was to, and I was doing it mainly for myself um, because it was like I said something I've always wanted to do. So I thought that it would be great if I just you know start at the beginning. Like, what would sound cool is like a trailer or a trailer for you know like if you're back in the 80s or even the 90s like when like a horror movie would would you were gonna see the trailer for it it would be like this weird ominous creepy ambient music playing and i kind of started there and then just started building and so i the very first one i got through it and i was like man that was that was a lot of fun i I started it in like april of 2020 um like after everything went into shutdown so i started doing it just little by little and then i just i love halloween the actual holiday yeah and so i was like you know what i'm gonna release it i'm putting up air quotes uh release it um <laughs> the friday before halloween because i thought that would be awesome yeah and um so i i did realize that, it, that the first track was trailer and i for some reason didn't even put two and two together it was like okay. each one's like a an individual movie like that yeah but you definitely get sort of like that Stranger Things. I mean, it's not like as synth heavy with some of this oh, or some of this stuff. just wait for number four. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, but... Uh, I did lean into that a little bit more. Okay. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's cool. I, I mean, I think that, that like 80 synth sounds really good. And that's... Um, I don't know what the date before... The Friday before Halloween is this year. Halloween's a Tuesday. The 27th. 27th. October 27th. So... I've got one. I've got a little under a month to to finish this up, and I feel like I've I've gotten there. Now this one's the one that I'm doing now is the longest one That's as right. far as tracks numbers go. But I just like what this one is. There's no. There's definitely not a story, but there is intentional thought behind each one, each track. So it's almost like, with the exception of trailer and credits, to those two, the first and the second, the first and last track. The rest of them could, the rest of the songs could easily be an actual theme of like if you have credits or something or a theme that plays through a certain part of a movie, like Lori's theme in Halloween. You know, Lori's got her own song. I can't keep doing it. <laughs> Go uh, keep going. Uh, but each track basically could be that. So there's no. So do you think that your first three tell a story then? Like you, my you have, head does. Okay. Yeah. Which it reminds me of um, Mad Lib has his, I'm blanking on what he calls it right now, but he has like a bunch of instrumental projects he released, but he has like m- music for movies or something like that. Oh, know. yeah, yeah. But that was a, um, that was based on a actual like movie he had in his head. So it was like the same kind of concept. It wasn't, obviously it wasn't like halloween or anything like sure. that but um yeah the i'm trying to figure out exactly what it's called and of course it's a, oh yeah. volume so I, I own volume two movie scenes the sequel yeah i think you and i talked about this before the beat conductor that was the series oh, which nice. i was trying to think of um but no, that's pretty that's pretty cool that you've like put that much thought into it and although you like you said this next one october 27th Look out for it. Bandcamp. <laughs> be there. Be smart. Uh, so it doesn't have like a, a exact story with it, but no. that you're putting that much thought into piecing it together. No. And this one, I probably spent more time focusing on trying different things. I would say the first one was like 
more trying to find my footing of what I was trying to do. Mm-hmm. With it kind of being like a messy, like low budget horror movie. So it was Run the Jewels one, pretty much. Number two, number two is probably my favorite. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> number two is where I would like, or is where I finally like, okay, I really liked what number one did. Let's let's do it better. Like number two told i feel like a better story found your sweet spot i did and if i'm not mistaken i think two's the shortest because i wanted to do it but i didn't give myself enough time but the time that i spent on the songs that i liked i felt were really good mm-hmm. number three last year's it's funny because that last year is when i started getting a little bit more into trying to not trying to but emulate more of like a John Carpenter sound. Because also the Halloween ends was coming out. I actually have a track on theme three that is a specific response to how much I hated Halloween ends. I felt that Halloween ends is complete garbage. It's the worst movie ever made. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> that I have made a specific, one. like I, I composed a specific song like this would have been like what I had in my mind almost to to have it come to an, an end. So number four, like I said, are separate themes, but it also I, I I get into a little bit more of maybe what a modern take would be on scoring while still referencing a lot of maybe eighties and nineties stuff. I was gonna say a modern take as in Stranger Things right now, but is a an odd nod to that? I'm just trying, because you're talking about of. a lot of sense. I'm yeah, trying. kind of, but also, like, there's this, there's this plug-in that I use where I basically can generate, like, a full orchestra, and you wouldn't, you probably wouldn't, it just sounds like a maybe a over-saturated uh, with, with effects, like, orchestra, but it doesn't sound fake. It sounds like real orchestra which i'm pretty sure that's what they did with this um particular plugin so i mess with that a little bit but also add effects so it sounds like there's it doesn't sound like it's any time period it seems like it could be in like a horror movie now mm-hmm. deal because also i was talking about you know nine inch nails and i'm still a big fan of like trent reznor and atticus ross and they recently for the last like 10 years now i think scoring movies and winning fucking oscars with it yeah that a lot of that stuff i i started drawing some inspiration of like how would that be if I had the opportunity to do something like that, like take a page from, from their, from their notebook without like, you know, not ripping it off, but like being inspired, like, well, what could I do with that? And how would I approach it? Yeah. I mean, I like listening to uh, you talk over this time. It's like, you have a lot of um, people who inspire you or people you look up to, but would you say, I was going to ask who you thought your number one would be, but do you think it's, I'll let you answer. Mm, That's tough. I, 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 this isn't the rapid fire round, is it? No, no, no. It, seem, it seems like you have like I was gonna say. So it's like your sound has evolved over time. Yeah. And now you're into the. You've always been to the horror movies, but you're like into this. Like your time is spent into this horror, like the Halloween industrial synthy horror yeah. soundtrack. And so that reminds me more of Trent Reznor for sure. But you were also flipping some Trent Reznor stuff and doing the remixes yeah. in like 2011 and. Maybe had DJ Shadow as a more of a inspiration early on, and if I could, it, it it split it split between the two really like, and 
mainly because I don't think I, as far as making music, would be doing what I'm doing now if it wasn't for either one of them. Like, I've been trying to give... There was this whole... Right before... Let me start three sentences and not finish <laughs> it. Before, before we bought our house in 2017... I had put to I had like this grand plan of all the guys that I w- did at, like did music with for years. I was going to put together like this 17 track album that was almost going to play out like a story. A st- story in the sense of like there was going to be I'm not sure what the theme of it was going to be but like I had an intro and then I had like a break in the middle of the album and then act two was going to start and then there would be like the act three finale so i had sent beats like and this was when i had like really honed in on making beats like hip-hop stuff and i was like they have these samples everything this is some of my best shit but we had all had drifted apart and started doing different things that like people like yeah yeah we'll do it we'll do it like do you have a way to record vocals because i'm living in a small condo with my wife and my daughter and like no i don't have a way to record vocals and so nothing ever came of it like i literally have like basically a full album of of instrumentals that i still haven't done anything with there's a friend of mine big mike he releases i think an album just about every year he has used a couple of those beats because i wanted him to be on it um but there's still that even though i'm doing the theme stuff i just recently like beginning this year too my my big plan was i'm gonna two albums I'm gonna do themed for and I'm gonna do a new like just regular Ace of Phelps hip hop thing so I do have some some stuff that I started and um, I haven't gone back to it since the summer so I don't even know what it sounds like and so the theme stuff still is under Ace of Phelps yeah okay and Ace of Phelps is a Simpsons reference yes. that I don't get I don't I mean I don't I don't watch the Simpsons he was one of the last he was the last flying hellfish to die that left the the treasure from the the what they captured from World War II uh, to be decided to like it, either Montgomery Burns or Abe Simpson was going to get it, of course. And the whole you know <laughs> the whole episode plays out where uh, you know Mr. Burns is trying to kill uh, Abe Simpson, you know. Yeah, as as one good, does. It's a good episode. It's a good episode. Ask, my my buddy's like a huge Simpsons guy, so I'll definitely uh, have to ask him about it. Um, so. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? Or you want me to, if, is there something you wish I would ask you about? No. Um, food preferences. Like if there was one thing I could eat for the rest of my life, what would it be? <laughs> it's pizza. Actually, it's a toss up between pizza and like sandwiches. Okay. Sandwiches are great. Now yeah. when I say like one thing for the rest of your life, like it doesn't have to just be a cheese pizza. It doesn't yeah. have to be like a like, you know, cheese sandwich, but it's like. You can only have something in this form. You can so, do a lot with pizza, and you can do a lot with a sandwich. If you had to pick mm-hmm. between, like, deep dish, Detroit style, New York style, tavern cut, tavern cut, tavern no, cut, all tavern the way, cut all the way. Are so you, are you biased? Out. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, I like I like New York style. I really like Detroit style. Yeah, Detroit style is fun, but that's like stopping my heart. Like. The cheese on the the crust is so good. Like it yeah. really is. It's it's delicious. Um, it's kind of like I also pizza. like uh, Pequots, uh, like caramelized crust. I have never had Pequots. What? Yeah, man, you never invite me. <sighs> You're not even from this place. I'm not from this place. <laughs> no, I've definitely been like falling more in love with. Uh, I mean, New York style is, I think, still my favorite. Like Jimmy's, 
Yeah, I mean that's so good. that's a great example though. I mean yeah. there's there's Yeah, I mean it's bad. I've actually had pizza in New York that I thought was shit. Oh. Like just bad. Yeah. It was not good. Jimmy's though, that's There's I some pizza like, places nearby that I was like I'll just order from them, yeah. and it was like New York style, and I, I hated it. I'm not going to mention their names. Um, <laughs> Only mention the good stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we'll move on to the this rapid fire oh boy. section. Five questions that everyone gets asked. Do you have a theme song for this part? No. I, don't I know a guy who can make theme music. <laughs> Does he name albums called themes? Or no, 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 oh. no. His name's Mike. He did the theme for the oh. multi No, no, I'm just gonna, I'm trying <laughs> to keep joking, this yeah. as... As low tech as I, like I can. It. I like it. Um, all right. So, favorite beverage doesn't have to be alcoholic. Just favorite beverage. Mm, what is my an Arnold Palmer? Arnold Palmer. Yeah. Like homemade, or are you talking about yeah, homemade. Arizona? It's got, no, no, no. I, I don't like that. I, I, I thought I did. Like I would like. I and I really recently got into it more. My mom was big. Like she's drinking all the Palmers, and like growing up, my grandma would always make like lemon tea. Yeah. Like a sweet tea with lemon, yeah. Which is basically, it's like an Arnold Palmer, which is a bunch of lemon in there. So I'm realizing as I've got another like taking tea and sugar free lemonade, like I can drink it. But what I started doing, I'm a big fan of carbonated water. I'll take, I'll start with a lemon carbonated water, pour it into the bottom. So there's no flavor, you know, just lemon. Mm-hmm. Little lemonade, tea, mix it up, and now I have a carbonated Arnold Palmer. It's the oh. most refreshing after work drink you can ever have. Very good. It's very yeah. tasty. I'm sure it's better than having like sodas and stuff like that. I, don't know, I'm not, I used to be a soda. I'm not a soda person. Yeah, I used to be when I was like in high school. But every now and then, I really enjoy a nice Coca-Cola, baby. <laughs> it's got to be. I mean, you like it can. Fountain. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Ooh, no. Hot take. Yeah, it, for me, it does not matter. It's it tastes it tastes the same. A lot of people. My wife loves Fountain. Oh yeah, I think yeah. I mean, you got to have that, that, that dialed in the Fountain. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, number two, mm-hmm. a song everyone should listen to. Oof, jeez, man, that is a. Uh... You know, I, I don't know. That's a that's a great. No, because you could take. I feel like you could take this because Boy. you're into a lot of different kinds of music. It's like I don't even know what I would answer for this. Um, a song everyone should listen like. So I'm gonna be. Let me tell you while you're thinking about this. I am going to be creating a Spotify playlist oh. where I put everyone's answer on it. I like that. That's a really cool idea. I'm, so and yeah, I, uh, we'll see how it goes. It's gonna be very diverse. I think. Absolutely. I know. I think I know what it is. I just have to. I got. I'm looking up right now. At, you know, I'm gonna find it. Oh, you know what? I don't know if everybody needs to hear it. Is it just because anybody ever needs to hear it or just kind of like your really favorite like, song kind of thing? My favorite song? This is even oh more difficult. God. You just changed like you just changed it. Um, okay, I've got it right here. Hold on. Ready? It is patient. I thought you were gonna do like a drum roll or something for me. Sorry, sorry, I know this is So does it change it because you're like, Oh no, I wanna keep this underground. I don't want anyone to know this is my favorite song. I really it is it's a long song. It is in slash flux from DJ Shadows, um, preemptive strike came out in '98. However, I would also say that Uncle's "Rabbit in Your Headlight" with Tom York is also a song everybody should hear. So which one? <laughs> Both have DJ Shadow. 
man. Do, 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 I'm going to have to go. I'll go with Influx. All right. I'll go with Influx. Number three, favorite concert you've been to? Daft Punk at Lollapalooza. Oh, what year was that? I don't remember. I was on drugs during that. <laughs> um, it was the last time I think they played Chicago, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, what was it like? I mean, was it was like five years ago or ten years ago. Oh, yeah. It was It was a while ago. Okay. It was, yeah. Um, it was honestly one of the, and I, I'm joking and not joking about the drug thing. Uh, it was honestly one of the 2007. Oh, wow. One of the coolest live shows I've, I've ever seen. Uh, they did the whole pyramid thing, and it started with simple lights. To by the time it was over, it was full like, pi- like projected pictures and things like moving pictures, like movies playing. Just kind of like behind them. Yeah, I mean they couldn't. There's a possibility they weren't even there. That's the greatest oh. thing about Daft Punk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, could have some two guys Just ripping, suits. ripping off of MF mm-hmm. Doom. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, that is, yeah, that would. That's it. Uh, number four. Favorite place you've had a drink? Hmm. Boy. And this can be like a certain like brewery you had a drink at, or it could be like a wedding, or I mean whatever, whatever, or a, a vacation you were on. Favorite place I had a drink? You know, this is gonna sound really lame. <laughs> um, when. My cousin Kevin and I, who's still, we're still close. Which, by the way, every single themed album, I send him songs from it so I can get his feedback. Not all the songs, but I get his feedback on a lot of those songs before I finish them up. So he's like the uh, assistant producer. Yeah, he doesn't have anything to do with it though. I wanted to collaborate on theme three for that he and I would like do it together, but he's like on board, and then he's like, "I just want to be a listener." Uh-huh. Like, Fuck you, Kevin. Um, I love a good white Russian. So a white Russian at a wedding, or when Kevin and I get together and watch uh, stupid YouTube videos on a Sunday night. Sometimes ah. white Russian. There you go. It's adult chocolate milk. Oh, double chocolate milk. No, adult chocolate. Oh, milk. I think it's a double Sorry. chocolate milk. I was and like, what is that? A double chocolate milk, <laughs> which I'm gonna have as soon as I get home before I go to bed. Uh, all right, and last mm-hmm. but not least, number five. What's your guilty pleasure for music? <laughs> You know the answer. This is a crash test dummies. Baby. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Which Clark and I are getting ready to go see them on their holiday. They're they're going to play holiday music. I'm so excited, and I will have a copy of their vinyl that they have. You oh. go, are you an Apple person? You're an Apple person. Spotify. But I mean, you know, so you don't. Have oh yeah, 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 yeah. I have a Mac. And Apple yeah, music. Uh, they uh, they have. I think, if I'm not mistaken, their Christmas album. I think First Noel. It's a really creepy. It's really creepy, but they do holiday music. So is it like it's going to be available on vinyl, and I'm going to get it, and then you can use it for you know a post yeah, if you'd there like. We there we go. Is it? Uh, it's going to ask if it's like new music, or are they just doing like you know covers of Christmas? You don't even. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just covers of like Christmas songs. Classics. I think they may have had like some Christmas music, but yeah, Crash Test Dummies is one of like the first albums I purchased on my own. I went to Rolling Stone Records, not far from here, over in Harlem. Oh, and yeah. And I purchased it. I've oh, never been I think, there. I think I got, really? Yeah. You should go. Actually, I want to go to see what their vinyl selection is like. Um, I think I bought it on cassette first, and then I had it on CD. And I was the only, I mean, the single, is the only song a lot of people know, or Peter Pumpkinhead from Dumb and Dumber, which is an ecstasy cover. 
the Man X TC. Oh. Um, that's the only other two that people really know uh, as far as like mainstream goes. Yeah. And so I was the only person that I thought in the world that was ever like crash test dummies. And then I started working with Clark. And that was like one of the first things. We were like, holy cow, I can't believe like you love that album as much as I do. And we, when we go on our mission trip, we sing the shit out of that album. Like that is a part of the drive out there every time. Never fails. That song, actually. So we had like a 90s hits or whatever playlist playing today while we were working from home. And that song came on. Nice. And it was like, it's just like weird that it came on. I mean, because they could have a million songs on a 90s hits one, but yeah. that song came on. And I was, it was like, a hit. Tony's coming overnight. This is weird. It's a sign. Do, 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 do. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm going to totally overthink all the questions you've asked me here at the end. And be like, I should have said this. Why did I go with a fucking uh, well, I'll white start. Russian. I'll just start asking, is that your final answer? I kind of did that. With it remains the, uh, DJ mean, Shadow. Oh, one. yeah. That was a tough one. Influx, I, I feel I feel that that's You feel confident now? I'm confident <laughs> that. Although, the Uncle album, Science Fiction, with a P, it did just turn 25. So, uh, that's hard to believe. I'm getting old. It's yeah. a great album. That's an album I should listen to, science fiction. That's actually a project like that is something I'd want to do where I can just get together with multiple musicians that I know who do different things and I kind of like just collaborate with them and then release that yeah. as something. So Is that like multiple genres within an album? Yeah, it, it leans heavy a little bit on the hip-hop side because DJ Shadow was a part of it. but um, And Tom York? Tom York's on one song. Oh, on one, like, okay. Uh, Mike D's on it. Uh, Kirk Hammett is on there. Uh, who's the lead singer from Bailey Drawn Boy? There's a lot of people that's on there huh. um, that are on there. Um, yeah, Cool G Raps in the first song, too. Interesting. Yeah, Drums of Death. That's a great album. That was right. called Science Fiction. Uncle Science Fiction with a P. UNKLE. Well, I mean, I can talk music with you all day. <laughs> we will continue conversation about music for sure. But until we start that, is there anything else you'd like to say? Uh, other than thanks for having me on, man. This was a lot of fun. Um, I'm honored to be a guest on a podcast, on yeah. your podcast specifically. Tony has recorded, as of the time of this recording, or released, I should say, 119 multi hour episodes I looked if, and this is the first time you've been a guest. Yeah, it's 120 actual episodes, but if you include all the other oh, stuff, yeah, we're the, almost at 200. Ugh, that's it's a lot. lot. It's a lot. And we've got uh, recording 120 this week with our friend Matthew from Old Irving. I don't know when this is coming out, so. Yeah. Look for it. Episode 120 is the two days after I recorded this with Dan. Um, no, but I wish you the best of luck and... It was great to be on here. I'd love to come back on in the future, you know, if, uh, if that's ever a thing. Theme five. Yeah, oh. theme five next year. I'll come back each year. And then everybody listen to the Malting Hour that Dan is occasionally on. Yeah. Everyone check out the Malting Hour. Uh, Tony, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Dan. And I, one quick thing. Do you remember all three names I went by with making music? Uh, so Asa Phelps. That's now. Mr. Amigo. Yes. And there was another one? There was. There was one more. Was it? Back in 1998. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's DJ Casio. Oh, yeah. DJ Casio. There. Just trying. Just I trying. forgot. That was good. I wanted to I put forgot you in the hot seat it for a second. Well, I appreciate that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, all right, everybody. Until next time, drink some new beer and listen to some new music. Maybe some Uncle with a K. 
and science, science fiction, fiction with, with a, a P. P. All right. Cheers, everyone. Cheers.